Hello everyone, welcome to Get On Point, episode 2. Uh, today we are recording this on March the 9th, 2017. With me I have Sid, Americ, and we have our new regular BJ Plays. Hello! Hello, welcome. By the way, scheduling this is hell. <laughs> and we'll have you know. <laughs> oh, it, 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 it was great. Don't worry about it's, it. It's great. It'll it's eight, it'll turn out in the end. Yeah. It's exactly. 8 a.m. I haven't slept. <laughs> it's guys are killing me here. Sorry. That seems like more of a you problem than anything. <sighs> I might as well just like fix my schedule to European because everyone thinks I'm European now. <laughs> Wait, are you American? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, You're kidding me! Oh I've got some kidding you. Okay, thank God. <laughs> I was about to say. Fucking Ben. Oh, Alright, let's get started again as we played. I guess I'm starting off with a game that came out very recently. I think it came out on the 29th of February. It's an enemy game by the name of Hollow Knight. Uh, Hollow Knight is kind of a Metroidvania style game, similar to Ax Axiom Verge, which we discussed last week. And also somewhere to Cave Story. Um, it has this really like it, ha it has a really like pop-up book kind of styled artwork. I don't know what else to call it. Uh, it's really it's got a lot of black and white kind of uh, monotone colors. Uh, not too much other colors represented in it. Um, you're exploring through this dungeon trying to figure out what happened to your race because you're like the only one in your race. And as you're exploring, you get power-ups and stuff. It's basically Metroidvania, but it's got a few different mechanics. For one, you have the ability to collect souls from enemies. So, um, you have like a soul vial. Um, and when the soul vial fills, you have uh, certain abilities that use up a certain portion of that vial. Uh, you actually have on you at all times the ability to regen your health. You have five like hearts but you have the ability to regen your health at any point as long as you have the souls to do that um i think it's if with a full vial it's like three hearts you can heal and i'm i haven't got that far in the games where you can actually increase the vial i'm not sure if you can um you do get new abilities that consume more of the soul vial um you basically get that by either uh killing enemies or doing enough damage to bosses where you can get that Oh, by the way, bosses! Bosses are fun. <laughs> I may have died a couple times. Oh, is it a hard game? Ah, uh, not really. It's just a lot of the boss, um, the first boss mainly. Uh, his attacks were a little bit difficult for me to telegraph at first. A lot of the boss's attacks will come off as white kind of, um, like, like white waves that you have to dodge. It, so it's not hard to dodge, it's just you gotta figure out the patterns that I didn't figure out my first time playing through. Um, but it also has another mechanic where if you die, you lose your... Uh, not only do you, of course, lose your place, you get sent back to the last checkpoint you reach, but you also lose a part of your soul vile um, capacity. So, say if your capacity holds like up to three charges of a soul vial, you lose one of them, so you can only hold up the two now. 
it's it's like a broken soul vial and then you have and in order to fix that you basically have to go kill a shadow of yourself where you died and you get that replaced back like I was very confused when it first I I was like very confused when it first happened and when I when I uh, saw the shadow I was like what am I getting myself into I have to fight myself what is this (laughs) but that's a really cool concept. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, in a Metroidvania game, I never thought it would be a concept. And probably later <laughs> in the game will probably be a hell to go through. But otherwise, <laughs> it, it works out. It's a fun game. I haven't had much time to play it. Does the Shadow, like, fight back at all? Or is it just stationary? Uh, I've only died, I believe, twice, and both times I was uh, quick enough to actually kill it before it attacked, so I'm not sure. All right. Yeah, because it'd be interesting to see if it kind of copied how you attacked and how you played compared to just a random computer AI. From what I saw, it's, it's, just from what I saw it's just like a floating ghost. Okay. It's like a floating ghost. It's not like... It's not like you like standing there ready to fight. It's not like dark, like Shadow Link, like Dark Link, right? And all okay. those. So it's not quite as cool as it sounded. No, no, <laughs> but I'm sure. I, again, I haven't played too much of it, so I'm not sure if like the Shadow can do other abilities later in the game. Um, what would be cool is if like the abilities you got, the the like Shadow could use against you. Hmm. So that would be cool. But again, I haven't played too much of it. I've only played like a hour or two into it. Sure, sure. I think Sid it played actually... a little bit of it. Yeah, I only got to play the first maybe half an hour, but I love the art style, like the hand-drawn animation style looked really cool to me. And uh, the few NPCs I've found so far are really cool. Um there's uh, in the beginning town you can fall down a well and you just hear this humming and you can like what is who is this who is like humming this like nice little melody and then you find this uh, cartographer just by himself down in the dungeon somewhere and he's like hey do you want to map this area that's pretty much what I've spent my time doing it's making a map of this area <laughs> oh and I thought that was just really cool there's some really funny uh, writing in it as well the uh, game also has a fast travel system where you have to find little like subway stations and once you get to them a like snail comes out and you get to ride the snail back to another subway it's, it's oh, cute oh that's fantastic that's adorable. <laughs> but another mechanic of the game is uh back to that map thing you were saying when you first buy the map you don't see where you are spatially on the map so you kind of have to figure out by the map layout where you're at because it, it doesn't telegraph that at first um, but later in the game, you get these things called charms, which you basically equip. They're kind of like badges in Paper Mario. You equip and they give you an ability. Um, one of the charms gives you the ability to see where you are on the map. And they cost like a certain amount of like points that you have. I think you start off with three. Like the badge for that costs like one. There's some that cost like two, maybe three. Uh, again. I'm, there's a lot of ground that can be covered in this game. I've only scratched the surface. Right. It, it does look really cool, though. I'm excited to play more of mm. it, for sure. I love the art style on it a lot. Yeah. It actually, oh, yeah. it it brings back... I, I, I don't know if any of you guys have played Pop Tropica. Yes. 
was a looking major at, fan looking of at, that game. Yeah, looking at the art style on this, it reminds me of that a lot. Same sort of 2D system, same sort of art style. It's really cool. For sure. I might actually have to try this. Yeah. It, it is super neat. I would recommend it to almost anyone who likes like action platformer types. It's oh, yeah. interesting because this is one of the few games that they're releasing on the Switch. Oh, is it oh, going I forgot it was getting released on the Switch. I forgot about yeah. that. Whoa. It's part of the Nindies. That's great. Crazy. It's oh. good to hear. But yeah, it's a it's a incredible like experience. It's very relaxing. The music is very serene, very calm. And it fits the world very well. Oh, it's, it's like a very bleak world, but the soundtrack just fits that so well. Yeah. I feel I feel like there can be a lot of expanding on it too. There might be some like underground civilizations and all that. It's it's really cool. Yeah, for sure. I guess I can move on onto my uh flatter note of uh River City Ransom Underground. Very different uh, game. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I've been having variety this week. So, uh, River City Underground is the sequel to the original River City on the, uh, old Nintendo consoles, and I don't like it. Oh, you don't like it? <laughs> no. Oh, really? Yes, so I, I've I was playing a co I was playing this co-op with a friend recording it for a on a channel that we uh, both co-own, and um, as we were going into it, there's a lot of bugs. Um, we ran into a bug where um, so in the game, um, for those of you who don't know, it's a two D uh, side-scrolling fighting game similar to like old arcade machine like the coin eater games but like it's, double dragon and so forth yeah yeah, yeah double dragon there's a lot of similar looks like double an dragon. arcade game yeah yeah um but th there's a lot of issues with the game and um the developers that haven't released multiple patches to fix them uh like at the start of the game you find the vending machines which you are uh supposed to hit to get snacks out that heal you um Surprise, after that, no vending machines oh, <laughs> drop anything. Oh. So it, it makes it more difficult than it should be. Uh. Um, there's a lot of, again, there's a lot of bugs with the net code. The bosses only spawn in daytime. Okay, so it's a day night cycle? Yes, it has a day and night cycle, and mm. that actually affects like shops and stuff. Like that's actually one of the core mechanics in the game is the day and night cycle. Like if you spend too much time fighting and you know trying to get money, you won't be able to go to shops and like heal yourself or get snacks. So you've got to work your time out. You also won't be able to fight bosses because they only spawn a day. I and, I would not have expected that from uh from a brawler like this. That's weird. Yeah. It's it's open world is the main gimmick of the game. It's an open world brawler. Yeah. But a lot of the mechanics in the game make it very arbitrary to work with mm. for an open world game. Okay. Um the currency isn't balanced out properly. Um the amount you have to pay for 
uh, the amount you get through enemies that there's no like balance in that so you've you've either got to wait for a lot of waves of enemies which will kill your health even more so you it's it's a cycle that you can't like get out of easily and if you die you lose all your you lose uh half of your money it doesn't even drop you just lose it so in co-op if you're like buddy dies you can't like resurrect them you can only like go to the next screen and then you know they'll respawn just fine just half their you know their oh. pockets had a few holes in it when they died man it, it, it's rough i i dislike games that have arbitrary difficulty um you know just to be difficult right and mechanics like that just no bueno i am not a fan that's a bummer because i was looking at the trailer for this and i thought like a lot of the sprites and animations like all the different moves you can do look really exciting and hearing that there's all these bugs and just the game is too difficult or too unforgiving that really sucks don't don't get me wrong the game is fun i i had a lot of fun in the co-op and i definitely want to play more when they fix the bugs but as right now the game is not in a working state where if you you know get it get it with a friend because then you'll both enjoy it if you play it single player you will run into quite a few issues especially at one part where uh, me and my buddy got uh, walled at. We basically had to go find this uh, mob boss's like his partner, and we had to go uh, kill him, basically. But it follows a chase sequence, and he has a faster run speed than you. Uh, there's precision platforming involved, and if you don't get to him quick enough, he runs away, and you have to, in order to spawn him, you have to clear the screen he spawns on, so you have to do that every time he runs away. Oh my gosh. And we did it about six or seven times, but no succeed. Oh. <laughs> it is horrendous. Man. This sounds Although like, there- uh... Go ahead. Uh, I don't know if you know the Double Dragon series, but they released uh, Double Dragon 4, like, uh, just a month ago or so, and it sounds like it's very similar to this, like, a lot of the same issues, unforgiving, a lot of bugs, and it sucks that, like, throwback games like these don't work out, like, it should. the, the problem the problem is with that, Double Dragon Neon was amazing, I loved Double Dragon Neon, um... Also, I said Nihon instead of Neon <laughs> to prove how tired I am. It's but, okay. uh, but, uh, Double Dragon Neon was great. The, there was like an Xbox Live only Double Dragon game, like a re, I think it was a remake of two. That one was atrocious. Yeah. And then past that, it just, it's not good. It's no, no bueno. It's a bummer. But, uh, one of my favorite bugs from River City Ransom Underground was uh, we had to spawn a boss in the arcade. So first of all, we had to fight a bunch of nerds, which was great. Okay. And uh, the boss, sure. and when the boss uh, spawns, he's supposed to have this giant crate. And after like some weird monologue, because bosses like to have monologues for whatever reason, uh, <laughs> the crate holds like this mech that he fights you in. Well. 
apparently you can fight him out of order from the first boss he's i think the second boss and you can fight him out of order and before you even clear out the the enemies to spawn him uh the box collision the box collision that holds the mech is still there <laughs> so you can like jump on him and stuff uh, we caught a screenshot of my buddy just like standing on top of the box just floating there oh <laughs> i see yeah that was a that was a fun time, but uh, I'd say the worst mechanic is um, basically throughout the entire game you're uh, you're wanted. So if you do anything suspicious, if you uh, like steal money from like a parking meter when you hit it while uh, innocents are around, you'll get put on the news, which means police will start following you. Similar to GTA, GTA um, wanted system. Okay. <laughs> yes. The only issue with that is that the uh, stun frames for the, like, fighting, it's not balanced. And especially when there's two enemies on, enemies on the screen and the cops have uh, shock batons. Oh. So you get stuck in a really bad stun lock with them oh, and it, no. it, it makes for arbitrary gameplay. It's... I did not enjoy it, but I'd be glad to go back to it once they start fixing it. Right. Wow. But uh, <laughs> on a lighter note, let's get to someone else's games. <laughs> Merrick, you want to go? I think Merrick's up next, yeah. Alrighty, so um, I uh, from last week I finished off playing um, Axiom Verge. And uh, I'm sort of glad that... Uh, what was it? I didn't get the chance to finish it last week since I was so... I was like really, like, I was a really big fan of it back then, but I feel like the ending of the game has just sort of soured it a little bit for me. Oh no! Just because on the way it left off, it leaves way too much to be. It leaves a lot of questions unanswered, and it's just it sort of seems like it's been set up for a sequel. Mm. So it, it feels the ending was just a bit. It it wasn't great in my opinion, but. Everything up to that, I really enjoyed about the game. Uh, I d well, I don't really have too much more to say it, about it to say about uh, Axiom Verge, but I really enjoyed it up until the um, ending, which was just a bit of a letdown for my list. Ah, oh, that's a bummer. I like it. Seems sounds like it's done so well right up until the end that it just can't. Finish strong is that's yeah. shame. Uh, what what was it? Is just just the story or is it the last boss? Like what what was not? Uh, what did you not like about the end? Without going into too much of the detail, I'm just wondering if it's yeah. the gameplay or the story that kind of um, just sort of leading up to it. It's like the the final boss is the um is, is sort of the one responsible for everything that's happened. It's smart sort of responsible for why everything is the way it is uh, but um, you sort of go up to him I've, with what I thought was just the intention of asking well not asking but just you would learn from him what exactly happened but it just didn't seem to well it didn't seem to give you that information so it it sort of seemed like there might be a alternate ending but I wasn't able to find Okay. Hmm. Oh. No, but that said, it was still a lot of fun up until the end. It's just the way it ended. 
It's just a bit... Um, not that great. Aww. Well, that's one of the worst things you want in a game, too, is for it to be so great and then leave you with a bitter taste in your mouth at the very end. Yeah. Mass Effect 3. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that one's a sour one, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I mean, I don't know if there was more that I could have learned through the um, collectibles in the game, but it, I just didn't really feel like going around and getting all of them after I'd beaten it, so. Well, any good story should learn, like, tying yeah. up every loose end. Is like, Not all of them, but the main ones is important. Because you want to leave uh, the yeah. player with, like, a good feeling of, like, understanding what was going on and the feeling complete. Yeah, the sense it, that you've actually finished the game. Yeah. It does feel like it's leading up to a sequel. But... Mm. So if there was a sequel, yeah. would you play it? Uh... Yeah, I mean, I was. I'd be very much interested in playing more of the same, just seeing how the story s sort of draws everything together. So. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, I, ha I haven't had too much of a chance to play, but I've been playing a little bit of the Banner Saga. Yeah, I would really uh, like to hear about this, because I heard good things. Again, I haven't played too much of it. I've only played about two hours of it, so I haven't had a chance to go into it fully, but it's this sort of um, a, well, it's a sort of top-down, it's not turn-based, but it sort of goes in an order of you, then you, the enemy, then you, then the enemy, and so on and so forth. But, um, I went into it with, with a mind that it would be sort of like, um, similar to uh, the Fire Emblem games or the Advanced War games, but it was... I quickly learned that that's not the case. It's much more... Um, it's not that it's much more complicated, but it's much more different. You have to go into it with a different mindset of what I was... of what I went into it with, so... But, uh, no, just looking at it, it's got a really sort... I really sort of like the art style to it. It's rather... Um, simplistic. Yeah, but, it sort of feels like a graphic novel to me, like a Western graphic novel almost, with the way it looks. Uh, I yeah, I could see that. Um, uh, well, from what I've heard about it, it is a sort of well, it is it yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just sort of <laughs> tripping over my own words. But, no worries. Um, no. Um, yeah, there are a lot of. Um, Parts of the game which does involve it is rather story heavy, right? And you can sort of make your own decisions to um, it sort of to change. Well, you can make your own decisions to uh, as you're going through it, and oh. it consequently affects how the story is played. So, from what I've heard, some of those decisions have really lasting um, impacts, but I haven't really gotten to anything. Nothing big has, be has occurred due to anything that I've done so far, so... That said, I only am two hours in, so... Right. I've heard very good things, and like, it has a Viking setting, right? And that that's always really cool to uh, me. Yeah, I figure that you would know a bit more about the, um... <laughs> history of Vikings, considering you are from, uh, Norway, so... 
<laughs> yeah, I only know a little bit, but it, like definitely, I looked at some of the names just from gameplay and stuff, and it definitely feels like a Viking-inspired story and world. Yeah, it's cool for sure. I like how it looks as well. And I would say that it's also quite challenging. Uh, I've in a few of the fights that I've gone into, it's I haven't lost any of them yet, but I have just gotten, you know. I've barely managed to scrape through of them and it's in the beginning of the game, so I can only imagine it's getting gonna get harder and harder as I go along, so I've got that to look forward to. <laughs> Does it have a difficulty setting or do you know? Uh yeah, it just, it, the difficulty is just easy, normal and um hard. Okay. So it's just the... the And I I feel like I should um perhaps uh, lower the difficulty, but I just want to see how far I can get with it until I yeah, run into a wall, so... Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it does look really cool, though, for sure. Yeah. Do you have any interest in the sequel? Um, well, I, I probably will pick it up and probably will eventually get around to playing it, but I'd like to play through more of this one just to see if I have any more interest in the series, but from what I've seen so far, it's interesting, but yeah, uh, I don't really know, so I haven't played too much. I think the sequel was only like a few months released too, it's, it's fairly new, fairly recent. No, it, Isn't there a third the, one as well? It's, yeah, it's part of a trilogy, the last one just got finished, just finished, got a uh, funding on Kickstarter, so. ah, and geez. from what I can tell, that f pretty far exceeded the uh, goal. So, <laughs> check because I think the original goal for it was about what was it? Uh, two hundred thousand dollars, and it, uh, yeah, it raised over double that. So, wow, that's awesome. Uh, should we move on to the game I played? Yeah. Okay. If Merrick's done with his, uh, Viking uh, yeah. history. Yeah, I'm very much done right now. So well, I'd Steve like can to just call his grandfather just... down and tell him all about being a Viking. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> I think we have to go a few, <laughs> few more steps up the family tree to get that, <laughs> but... <laughs> uh, I can just see Merrick running down the stairs with like a little Viking helmet. <laughs> It's a lot of things we can animate for all this. Yes. Alright, so tell us what you played. Okay, so over the last few weeks I haven't actually had much time to play actual video games, but I played some games on my phone, and one of those is called Fallen London. Uh, the best way I can describe this game is like, uh, it's basically like a book. I, I choose your own adventure story almost. Uh, so it's about this like post apocalyptic version of London where like the underworld and like criminals are uh, way more present than normal. Um, and it's all about like upgrading your character through doing different things. Uh, <laughs> I like one part is. One way of upgrading your stealth is going on rooftops and try to capture cats from the street. It's 
It's oh, like man. a very bizarre writing in this game. Like you just do crazy things. Um, instead of drugs, people get high on honey from bees. It's like what? Yeah, it's a strange <laughs> game, and I, that's kind of why I like it so much. It's just the writing goes some weird places. <laughs> it's like, hey man, you got the honey. <laughs> Exactly. I need my fix. Exactly. <laughs> oh, oh man, there's just people in beekeeper suits with bees in buckets <laughs> going, "Hey, I've got what you need." <laughs> <laughs> there are like parts of the town with honey dens. They call it honey dens. They just like uh, it's almost like a well, bar like where dens. they just have shelves full of like honey jars. It's yeah, it's. Weird. They missed a good opportunity to call it the hive mind. Why? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Oh. So yeah, there. Um, I don't have too much to say about this game, but it's just cool that uh, just by going through different like small stories, uh, you can upgrade your character and like learn more things about the world and. Uh, do more things like right now. I am trying to upgrade my writing so I can become a good writer and I can publish my own books, and that's kind of cool too. Uh, yeah. Okay. Just so, would you recommend that to a friend, Sid? I mean, it's free, so I would recommend it to uh, any friend. <laughs> Fantastic, because I'm downloading it right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, let's play in the podcast, BJ. Oh, yeah, I, I'm t with my internet, it'll probably take another couple of minutes to download it, but I'm sure I could drop in later on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, th thanks for coming to the podcast, BJ. See you later. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get myself some honey now, and I'm going to sit here and play, and you guys can carry on with what you're talking about. I love this sort of thing, though, because mobile games is something I've been, well, getting more and more into ever since the release of Pokemon Go. Right. Which is one of those few games that I've... That I'm one of the few people that's actually stuck with that game pretty much since it came Freaking out. Freaking Pogo Weeb. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> that's about the look I get when people see me playing it out in the world. But yeah, me <laughs> and my mother both have played a heck of a lot of it. And we've had a hell of a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, and it recently added more Pokemon to it. So that was a cool thing. I, I started uh, playing if you it haven't, too. It is yeah, cool. exactly. If you haven't played it or you've put off or you've put it away and taken it off put it back on the shelf this might be the time to take it back off you put your phone on the shelves it. just leave it in some the people dust. look okay <laughs> it got away from me a little bit okay it's, it's okay <laughs> oh. oh but yeah no i yeah uh small plug but yeah i would uh i would recommend that to anyone that'd be interested in playing it mm -hmm. i would too and it's a good time waster as well if you're out and about and you if you're going to be walking around anyway, it's good to have it on and have a play with it. Yeah. It makes your everyday exercise a little bit more enjoyable. Definitely. Uh, I will give one warning about Fallen London. It's uh, Since it's a free-to-play game, it has its free-to-play mechanics. So um, It's got microtransactions? It does, but I don't ever feel like I need to use it. Uh, oh, good, basic thing mean. is... You have 20 candles, and, like, doing an action spends a certain amount of candles. Uh, it's because uh -huh. it's a very dark world, so I guess you spend candles as you do stuff or walk around the world. Um, is, it, sure. is it like Fallout, where, like, the currency is candles? <laughs> the ball caps, yes. 
<laughs> I can just see people going to the shop and just carrying a load of can- like Yankee candles. Oh, they're just buttering a crate full of candles for some honey. It's fine. <laughs> There's nothing weird about that at all. Oh, no. You're trading wax for honey. It's a, it's a bee-based system. <laughs> it really is a hive mind. Holy crap. Oh, yep. Yep. <laughs> um, what I will say is like... Um, it kind of forces you to only play for a few minutes at a time, because when you run out of candles, you just have to wait like an hour, maybe, and it'll have refilled uh, by Ah, so Candy Crush is a good example of that that I'm thinking of. Right, yeah. Uh, Pokemon Shuffle, honestly. Yeah, that's the one. It. Yeah. So it's that kind of game, but uh, I, I don't okay. feel it limits so me, because you just, like, you play for a few minutes anyway, it's not like you play this for several hours at a time. Yeah, it's not a sit down and play for years. Yeah. You're much... It's more of a, you know, pick time up and wasted. play and yeah, pick it down again. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> so, BJ, do you want to play? Good news, talk- everyone. It's, I'm not sure I want to, and the game's just downloaded. Oh, okay. <laughs> Welcome to the See Fall in London okay. podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll leave that to set up all of its first time things and all of that. Um, so, the game I've been playing most recently. Uh, and actually played a lot of is Assassin's Creed Syndicate, um, which is a game... Assassin's Creed is a pretty big series and has been for a long time, so it's definitely going to be something that a lot of people know, but it's all about um, basically living through the memories of an assassin in a previous life. Um, It's a really crazy concept that I I still don't fully understand because I'll be honest, when I... um, Watched the opening cutscene for it, I was totally out of my depth, and then all of a sudden we went from, you know, the 2000s to Victorian London. But it's a crazy, crazy idea, and it's got a lot of depth to it. It's got a lot of uh, side quests and a lot of collectible things that you can find in the world and all of that, and each thing gives you its own reward. So I've had a lot of fun because I play as a completionist every time I've played a video game. And it's pretty bad, but, like, if you go through my Steam library, for example, a lot of my games I've got well over three-quarters of the achievements in them because I put a lot of time into it. Uh, excuse me for one moment. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess I could talk a little about Assassin's Creed as I've played a few of the games in the past. Um, I played Two and Brotherhood, and I think those might be my favorites. Those are the ones that are set in Italy, and... Uh, that might have my favorite, like, Assassin's Creed protagonist. Like, yeah, Ezio is this, like, outgoing, very charming man. He's sort of the Casanova, I, would, I guess. Right. And it just makes every, like, interaction and cutscene with him a lot of fun. Like, he he's not afraid to play around, I guess. It's fun. Uh, have you played any Assassin's Creed game? I own one... Two, three, and Revelations. However, I've only had the time to play through Revelations a little bit. Right. Um, and, eh, well, no. I played a little bit of the first one just to get us bearings on how the story goes. Basically, uh, for those that don't know that, since I said that wrong. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, that one got away from me slightly. Yeah, yeah no, no worries. Um, so the way the Assassin's Creed games work... Uh, you're basically this guy who uh, got in listened to this project um, to basically go into this machine called the Enemus and figure out and basically rewrite your memories as uh, DN- 
DNA. And through that, that's how they uh, figure out your lineage. And you learn that you were part of this big line of assassins. And that's where all the story parts take place is different ancestors throughout this guy's life. Mm. And it goes well, well, well back in different parts of history, Mm. which is really, really cool. Um, Like, I know there was one of the original ones was in Italy. Yeah, that's what that's what Sid was just talking about while you were. Ezio the door. Sorry about that. Oh, I love that. Yes, guy. that's the one. That's the one. And then I know Black Flag was was both. So that's all I yeah. really remember. No, it wasn't America. It was. Uh, it was. In, was it America? It was. No, America. three. Three was America. There was another one. Mm. And then Syndicate was in the Industrial Revolution, London, and you got to play as twins, which was a very cool one to change between and you got one that was very specialized in stealth which was the one i played and one that was very specialized in you know stabbing people um and it was it was a really cool concept and assassin's creed has huge potential the movie apparently was not very good <laughs> no the video game movies ever good <laughs> yeah but the games have huge potential and i'm very much looking forward to the next one Speaking of which, segue into the news section. I'm all over this one. There's a new Assassin's Creed game, Empire, and it's been leaked. So... This new Assassin's Creed game... Okay, the interesting about this uh, announcement, or leak, I would say, is that Ubisoft, uh, I think it said last year that they wanted to take a break from this series to, like, really focus and make the new game really good. And now... Because Assassin's Creed's been one a year, hasn't it, Sid? Yeah, they always try to make one a year, and people have kind of been complaining that the games have become too similar to each other. And that's kind of why they decided, okay, let's take a break, let's refocus, let's figure out how to make like a new and exciting Assassin's Creed game. And this time, it's being set in Egypt. In ancient uh, Egypt, it looks like. Because uh, they have leaked one piece of concept art where you can see different pharaohs and an archway, it looks like. And uh, there is an in-progress screenshot uh, where it looks like the protagonist is entering a pyramid. I think just that idea in general looks would seem really cool. Like just entering a pyramid and going through and exploring and finding new things. Maybe there's a trap or two, who knows? I, I think it's a really good setting to pick though, because not a lot of video games are set in Egypt. So. The whole concept of ancient Egypt is one that's always been fascinating to me because there's so much crazy stuff that's gone on. And people, they're still unearthing it in, like, in the real world today all the crazy things that have been done in Egypt and all the cool things they've built. And I think being able to play through that in a video game setting like Assassin's Creed would be fantastic. Definitely. The, uh, if you look at the one of the, or I guess both of the end of development uh, screenshots of the character, you can see mm. that he has markings. So he might be part of royalty within the Egyptian line, or he could be like a part of poverty. Ah, there's a lot of different ways this story can go. Definitely. 
I am excited, especially since they decided to take a break and spend more time on this game. I, I have big high hopes for what this could be. Yeah, it's... They've definitely set a high bar for themselves with saying they're going to spend extra time on making it very good. <laughs> and hopefully it's not like Assassin's Creed Unity, the one set in France, because... I don't know if you saw when that game was released, but it had a lot of interesting bugs. It only had a few. Only a few. It's a great videos to watch because of it. <laughs> oh. Only a few, and they were called the main game. Yes. <laughs> the actual gameplay was the bugs. <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. <laughs> Alright. Are we ready to move on to the next piece of news? Yeah, let's go yeah, on. Let's go. All right. Let's go on to the next uh, Assassin's Creed game as well. Uh, the next one in line. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, Middle Earth: Shadow of War, basically the sequel from what is gathered to be the sequel to Middle Earth: Shadow of Mordor, uh, which is for those of you who don't know, it's kind of this um, game set within the Lord of the Rings world you play as this guy who's been uh fused with the spirit of like an elf and you have to go around and basically uh reclaim the land from uh these orcs that have taken over uh again it's in the lord of rings world i personally have not watched any of the lord of the rings movies uh just the being not like a big movie person and uh I played a little bit of Shadow of Mordor, and that game is very much a good time. Uh, definitely has a lot of Assassin's Creed combat, combat with the uh, very, very uh, good mechanic of the Nemesis system, which is where uh, you find these boss characters that show up during some of your fights, and you can either take them on and... Uh, kill them and they lose their rank within their uh, alliance or you can die to them and they their rank gets stronger they get stronger as they uh defeat you uh if they lose their rank another one takes their place and you basically see like not see them anymore but if you also die to a regular enemy like a random orc you can see them ascend in the ranks as well, starting to get higher and higher into their alliance. So they start becoming a boss character. It, it's got this weird development. It's very intricate. Yeah, it's a very but, uh, fascinating and dynamic system the original game had. And they can just, uh, with the gameplay they released yesterday, they just continue developing and making that system even larger than the first game had. Like in this one, you can have, um, if you kill a boss character, you can sometimes go come back to life. Or you can recruit certain enemy characters and they could backstab you and return to the evil side. Like, they just made so much more of this game. It's so exciting. It rem like, that reminds me a lot of, like, a Dynasty Warriors game. With the, with the added concept of, oh, hey, recruiting this guy might get me killed. Yes, pretty much. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if you saw the gameplay video, but uh, there were. I liked all the animals like you could uh, ride on. Like 
uh, one party just rides a dragon and spouts fire everywhere. Like, that scene in general just looked really cool. Well, in the original game, like, first 20 minutes in, you get to ride one of the, like, boar-type enemies. Uh, basically take control of them with your elf spirit. And, uh, you get to ride around, destroy barriers. Uh, it's a, it's a good change of combat from the, uh, Assassin's Creed kind of, uh, combat of a uh, parry attack and block mm. <laughs> i also want to say one more thing uh they announced this at the end of february and it's coming out in august like how awesome is that it's like they announced that it it's just a few months away i think that's such a cool way to reveal a game remember the reveal for fallout 4 that was yeah like the week of E3 and they had that set for November it, it was really good yeah. they did that very well I commend every developer who does it that way like they managed to keep it a secret for that long and then just boom out there it's out soon that's just, yeah that's super cool do you uh, BJ and Merrick do you two have anything to say I personally haven't had the chance to play Shadow of Mordor. I've had it sitting in my Steam library since Christmas. And it's been... It's on, I believe... Hang on. I had a list of how of the order I wanted to go through the games I bought. I think um, Syndicate was next. And then it was Bioshock Infinite. And then it was uh, Shadow of Mordor. Because um, I grabbed it. I saw it there and thought, fuck, that looks like a really cool game. And I've always loved Lord of the Rings and the entire series behind it. So I thought that'll be really good fun. And having looked at the new gameplay that Sid was talking about before, it looks like it's going to be an insane amount of fun. And I'm probably going to bump it up and play it once I'm done with Syndicate. Because it really does look enjoyable. Yeah, because you like uh, Syndicate a lot, you'll definitely like the Shadow of Mordor. Like comment and stuff, you'll feel right at home. Yeah, the combat for uh, Syndicate left a little to be desired. It got a little jammy with the keyboard as well. I had a little trouble with a couple of things where it would just stop letting me attack people for no reason. So ideally, if that's not a problem for mm. Middle Earth, that'd be uh, that'd be a really fun time. I I didn't personally have any problems with it. I played the PS4 version, and I personally yeah, didn't I have like any problems it with it. Catered towards a controller a bit more heavily than it was a, like a keyboard. There's also a lot of variants with the uh, yeah. with the enemies. Like you have archers shooting at you. You have uh, small orcs, the big boss characters. You even have those uh, boards I was talking about. There's a lot of variants for enemies to fight, and there's a lot of strategy going into it. Mm, okay. Well, no, I I definitely look forward to playing it anyway. Oh yeah, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. I have practically nothing to add regarding middle. Since uh, I haven't really seen too much regarding the game, so I don't really have any opinion on it. Fair enough. Alright, we will get to move on then. I put this one on uh, Borderlands 3 tech footage was released. Uh, this was released during uh, GDC, Game Developers Conference, and it looks rather nice. I like... Uh, I, I liked the first and second Borderlands a lot. I didn't get a chance to play uh, the pre-sequel or uh, Tales of the Borderlands, 
but looking at the footage for this, I'm very excited for what they can do in this world. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, the most uh, part I enjoyed most about this video was just how they ma- made the style look as it does. Like, that was the most fascinating part to me. Because that's probably one of the more unique things about Borderlands, is just uh, the unique graphical style it has. With the uh, cell shading and the outlines, like, that looks super cool to me. What would you want from a new Borderlands game, though? I, I can't think of what they could add. A lot more crazier guns, probably a more intricate story, because the, the story was kind of... Uh, it kind of got cleaned up, finished in a pre-sequel. So maybe a new line, a new story with new Vault Hunters, new characters to uh, enjoy. Uh, definitely crazier guns, because Borderlands has to have crazier guns. Yes, I mean, it's it's all about the weapon system in Borderlands is super cool because uh, when something, a weapon drops, it could be pretty much anything. Like, it could be fire bullets or just something out of the blue that you can't won't be expecting. Uh, well, the, the, way they ma- the way they randomize the loot drops for that is crazy because... Uh, even if you get like the same look and same stats of a gun, the make of the gun matters because that can tell if uh, like it was made more durable. So uh, it's more steady when you aim with it or uh, it has a bigger magazine. So you can have more bullets with it like it. There's a lot of intricacies with it. So you almost never get the same gun twice. That's important in a game like that, too. That every time there's a weapon, it feels different, really. Yeah, there's some difference. But I think until we see more of a Borderlands game, there's not really much we can talk about. No, yeah, no. It's just some neat footage to see, you know, what's going on. Uh, See, that's at least getting developed. Yeah. Because that's a good thing. That's good, for sure. And, uh... Do you, do you two have anything to add before we switch off? Uh, yeah, no, I, um, Borderlands again is a game that I've had for a long time, but have been waiting to have an opportunity to play it with a bunch of friends, because I believe Borderlands 2 is the one that's got four people as a good option. Uh, oh shoot, I've pressed a button I didn't mean to press. Oh, uh, I Excuse thought the moment. first one had four player two, but I, I might be wrong on that. Yeah, I, there we go. Okay, I, I apparently I opened Steam Big Picture somehow. I <laughs> I see. <laughs> it was very loud. <laughs> yeah, it was very loud. But sorry, guys. BJ, that's a new way to play Fallen London. God. <laughs> <laughs> on the topic of Fallen London, though, I've um I've just created my character. Oh. And um, one of the first <laughs> options they give you is, how should we address you? Yes. And it gave you three options. Uh-huh. One, as a lady. Two, as a gentleman. Or three, my dear sir, there are individuals roaming the streets of fallen London at this very moment with the faces of squid. Squid, do you ask them about their gender? <laughs> and yet you waste our time asking me, trifling about, trifling about impertinent questions. It is my own business, sir, and I bid you good day. <laughs> That's so, the kind of game if this anyone is. anyone was questioning whether or not to download that game, that sold me completely. 
I mean, if the honey wasn't enough, then uh, that's definitely got you. <laughs> yes, no, the honey, the honey, the honey brought me in, but that kept me there. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. All right. All right. So uh, I would like to talk a little about the indie games that Nintendo wants to show off that were going to be released on the Switch. Uh, I thought this was a really cool way of them showing off what indie games are coming out. Because it's uh, a pretty concise, like, 18-minute video of just showcasing game, game, game. Just every time there's something new and interesting, a uh, new interesting announcement, I thought it was a really cool way of presenting it. Uh, I think SteamWorld Dig 2, I don't know if anyone has played the first one, but uh, I think oh, that's a cool... so good! Yeah, it's a cool, very cool game. Uh, it's so short, but so good. <laughs> so they announced two as an exclusive, I believe. Uh, I, I don't might... think so. Oh, it's not exclusive. I don't. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> to be honest, that would be very weird as an exclusive. Well, Heist was an exclusive, right? But uh... okay, I sh- I probably shouldn't say something I I'm not sure of, so I I won't do that. Um, it's, it's heading. It's heading to the Switch this summer, so it it may be like a Rise of the Tomb Raider, where it like starts there and then gets moved out of the consoles. Because I ha- I got Steam World Heist on my on PC now, right. so it might be moved over in the future. They may have gotten like a a licensing deal with Nintendo to have that released on the console first. Fair enough. Yeah, that that could be true. Uh, one thing I like is, like, all the multiplayer games they decided to add, like the Jackbox Party Pack. I think that would be really cool in the Switch. Uh, you oh, have yeah, no. Overcooked, the, like, four-player cooking game that is super stressful, but that's also fun. Uh, oh yeah, they announced Ukulele for Switch. That would be a great game for that, uh, console, for sure. And, uh, they announced the multiplayer for Stardew Valley on the Switch as well, which is super cool. Uh, there's a lot of games, I won't talk about all of them, but uh, there, there's a good list, for sure. And uh, it made me a lot more excited about the Switch, because it just shows that there are going to be more games on it. Like, it's going to be more worth it to get one. Which I thought was cool. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll link in the uh, description, but uh, Nintendo actually released a video of the showcase. That's what we're uh, taking a look at now. And if you look in the description, that actually has timestamps of each game that was discussed in that video. So if you have an interest in a game or think a game interests you, you can skip right to that and see gameplay of it. So it, there's a lot coming to the Switch soon, but uh, at this current time, there's not really much going for it. No, but from what I heard, Breath of the Wild is enough for for now because it's a very big game and it's very, very good as well. Uh, RPGs on the Switch are just a really good idea. Yeah, because you bring it wherever you go. I, I, yeah, it feels natural to, for RPGs on a machine like that. When uh, I first saw the Switch, I thought uh, there would be a limitation on that. But now knowing there's not, there's a lot more viable options for it. Indeed. And, uh, would you like to I talk about we'll, a different side of the Switch? <laughs> I guess we'll uh, switch to the... Uh, <laughs> The more weirder notes to come within the last <laughs> few weeks. Uh, did you guys know that Nintendo cartridges taste so bad? I had no idea. Why do they I taste mean, who so bad? Who would have thought it? Who would have? <laughs> Apparently, game journalists have decided to start tasting Switch cartridges because who knows why. 
Well, the best uh, way Nintendo to store game cartridges is in your mouth. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would so imagine Nintendo like a will... chipmunk with just a fill, <laughs> cheeks filled <laughs> with Switch cartridges. The the best the best thing not even to come out of like the game journalists doing this is all the gifts. Uh, there's a bunch of gifts of like anime uh, scenes where like the the switch is uh, like the switch cartridge is uh, taken. Like uh, and this isn't anime, but uh, SpongeBob the episode with like the the Sunday the dirty Sunday. Uh, someone photoshopped the switch cartridge on there. He uh, extends his tongue and then his his whole body shrivels up as he tastes it. Like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> mm. I but, gotta say, the gift at the top of this article is fantastic. It shows exactly how bad they must taste. <laughs> yeah, it's... Okay, so for those who don't know, the Nintendo Switch cartridge was covered with a uh, very bitter substance uh, to deteriorate children from eating the cartridges because they're so small. Um... Well, uh, Nintendo releasing this fact uh, has left uh, game journalists deciding, hey, let's taste this just to review it. And apparently it's like a rite of passage now where if you get a Switch, you have to taste the cartridge. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't have answers. <laughs> I guess why Nintendo would have that coating on it, though, because the cartridges are so small that you wouldn't want kids to put them in their mouth. But because of it, you have grown-ups doing it instead. No, no, it's it's very it's very reasonable to do. It's just become so much of a. It's like the new fad now. Yeah. It's like instead of the ALS challenge, it's taste the Switch cartridge challenge. <laughs> Oh yes, switch the cartridge from the console to your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's the new party game for Nintendo Switch. Taste God. the cartridge. <sighs> Who would have thought that the adults would be worse than the kids? <laughs> exactly. Who knew? Not us. <laughs> oh, I don't think Nintendo knew either, but now they know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, the world is a Just weird place. I'm just trying to wrap my head around who would have first thought, oh yeah, shit, these things taste bad, let's put them in our mouth and see how bad they taste. <laughs> oh My goodness. I guess it's just a phenomenon where you hear about it and it's like, no, it can't be you that go, oh, no, bad. No, it can't be I that mean, bad. Can... Everything will be fine. <laughs> my god. Oh. So I, I, I just love... I love seeing people's text reactions of it, being like, I'm about to taste a Switch cartridge. The next message is, I taste a Switch cartridge and it's awful, don't do it. I'm like, why did you do it in the first place? <laughs> and because of that, more people end up doing it even though they recommend oh. not doing it. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's important to try these things. <laughs> okay. let's, uh, let's move on. Another GDC uh, showcase. Nintendo actually showed... I, uh, NES prototype, uh, with the, um, gameplay of Breath of the Wild, but with the graphical style of, uh, the original Legend of Zelda. Yeah, this was really cool to me. I would actually love a game like this, because early on in development, they want to do, they want, like, to take inspiration from the original game, but to add a lot more to it, and... Basically, they just made it a way more dynamic, like, world. If you shoot an arrow through a fire, and it uh, hits a tree, that tree will start burning. 
just that if um if a log falls down into the river, that log will just start rolling down the river. It's just all these small little things, and it's just so nice to see in a, a NES game. Like, you'll never see this in a NES game, really, but looking at this, it looks super cool. I'm, I'm like, looking at the graphic style of it now, and it reminds me of the uh, custom map for Little Big Planet 2, where they basically remade the original Zelda in Little Big Little Big Planet 2. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's got that same kind of uh, popped out feel. Uh, and it still plays like the original Zelda. It's not like the prototype they showed, but that's kind of what the the look of it gives and also kind of uh, like the NES remix. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It feels feels like those. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a lot because of the shadows. Like the shadows add a lot to Yeah. It just makes the sprites pop a lot more. Uh, Definitely. I didn't have too much to say. I thought it was a really cool looking thing. Uh, it's fascinating that they actually did it for making a Zelda game. It's interesting to see like what you can do now uh, with retro hardware on uh, newer hardware. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So, should we move on? Yeah, let's go on All right, to... that's me, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, go for it. Alright. All this right. is your homeland. This is something that I was really, really excited about when I read about it. It was released, I think, about two weeks ago? Yeah, 15 days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Sid Meier's Civilization Six, which is the sixth game in the series, um, and is one of the... <laughs> didn't see that one coming, did you? <laughs> um, it's one of the greatest games that I've personally, personally in my opinion, one of the greatest games I've played because it's so big of a time sink and it's the kind of game you just want to keep playing and playing and playing. Um, the best way to describe it, I guess, is it, it reminds me a lot of Risk, the board game and the strategy aspects to it, but it's such a fun game and Civilization Six came out, I think, mid last year yeah. and brought so many huge graphic changes and everything and it was such a big step up from Civ 5 which I think I have nearly 400 hours in or something on Steam (laughs) (laughs) that just shows how much I've loved it but they added a DLC to Civilization 6 for the Civilization of Australia which is something that's been sadly missing from all of the Civilization games before this and it's added some very interesting like each civilization gets their own effects and special bonuses and special buildings and all of that and it's added a heck of a lot to it um and everything they've added with it has made a lot of sense to australia um for example australia as a country has i think 90 percent of its cities or something founded on either a river or the ocean Mm mm-hmm and the biggest, the first bonus they get is they get extra housing when they built when the cities are built on the coast, and then they get more things like they get additional power if their units are on land tiles next to water, and they get extra, extra production and stuff to build more units in cities that are consi- in places that are considered beautiful. And it makes it's the kind of thing you'd have to actually look through all the things that have changed and have actually played the game to understand it entirely. But I think it's just really cool that they've finally, after six generations of this game, finally <laughs> added Australia as a civilization. It's made me very happy. Yeah. 
So do you recognize yeah, the um, uh, John Curtin, the like hero of the civilization? Well, John Curtin was one of our prime ministers, but interestingly enough, um, the university I currently go to is Curtin University, and it's named after him. Oh! So when I saw that, that made me doubly <laughs> happy about seeing it. It made it, I was very excited. I was oh. yeah, I was unsure as to who they could possibly use as a uh, figurehead for it. I think. I think the um, mods I've seen for it in the past have used William Parks, I think, who is the guy, one of the guys involved in federating Australia, I believe. But yeah, John Curtin was a huge political figure. He was the prime minister during one of the world wars, I believe. And he was yeah, a world big war II. part. Yeah, World War II, that's the one. Um, yeah, and he was, he was huge. And I think he was one of the more respected prime ministers we've had. We haven't had many good ones as of late, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I was very excited to see that. I don't know if any of you guys have actually played the Civilization series. I'm pretty sure you have, Sid. Uh, yeah, I played a lot of five, and I played some of six, and I love both both yeah. the games. Really I cool. haven't had a chance to play as Australia in six yet because. I'll be honest, the changes in 6 have confused me a bit, and I haven't played enough to understand them. Yeah, it's different, But the majority sure. of Civ has been done with um, me playing with friends, and a lot of my friends haven't had the cash on hand to afford Civilization 6, which is quite expensive compared to 5, which I think is going for about $10 right now. Yeah, because it's, uh, it's an older game, but it's still an amazing game, so it's definitely worth it yeah. at that price. It has a lot of flaws in multiplayer. It gets a little funky. But <laughs> it's true. It's a great, great fun game when it works really well. Definitely. I think it's about time that they added Australia. Like, I'm surprised. I think it's. I, a lot of people were very upset when they added Australia instead of one of the more traditional civs. I think Poland was one of the ones that people wanted a lot. Mm. And the other civs that have been in the game since basically conception of it, um, comparatively, Australia has never been thought of. But I think it was a it was a nice nod, and it was a nice addition of a civilization that, admittedly, is um, quite a big one now. Right. Yeah. It's a big part of the world now. Mm-hmm. They've definitely made their place. You see, because you guys are still on an island. Mm. We sure are. Biggest island in the world. Yeah, so you're not, you're only like a little part of the world. You're not, you're it, not a huge part. It's a pretty big yeah. island now. Come it's on. a pretty big island, but a pretty small population for that size of an island. True. Yeah. Because I think we're like, a, I think we're less than a tenth of the American population, if I remember right. Well, the U.S. is pretty Maybe. big, so I mean, it's still a lot of people. Mm. Yeah, we're New, 23 New, million New people as of 2013. New York um, has you beat. Yeah, New York has us. Yeah, that's the sort of thing that I was expecting. Yeah. yeah. Um, United States has a population of 316.5 million as of 2013, and we have a uh, 23 million. Right. Yeah. The UK has a population of 64 million, and we have a uh, 23 million. So that tells so, you. So, uh, so you guys gotta go uh, get a few people from England and uh, have a race to see who has a bigger population. <laughs> I mean, we could do it the old-fashioned way and uh, send a few of the convicts down. 
<laughs> oh, that's just what we needed. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, I've traced back my family tree, and I know that one of the first ancestors I had in Australia was sent here because he set fire to a haystack as a political gesture. Oh. Huh. How's that for a story? That's a pretty good story. I don't have a cool backstory <laughs> like that. What, was your he like grandfather isn't good enough? Was he like mirroring Christianity with like the burning bush? Like he saw a face in the burning bush, in like the normal bush. He's like, I have to burn this. I'll be honest, man. I'm not quite sure, but if I ever meet him, I'll ask. <laughs> Please and thank you. All right. So, do you want to move on to the next one? Sure. Let's thing. go for it. Alright, so Hello Games has been a, a, through a lot of tough stuff because of No Man's Sky. Everybody knows this, and we don't need mm-hmm. to tell about it too much. But they did come up with a new free update, which I will commend them for, and it has a lot of cool stuff. I think the most notable stuff is the, um, the vehicle, like the land vehicle they added, where uh, it's... I don't know if I want to call it Rocket League-esque, but you can basically jump off of ramps and it has a boost. And it's pretty freaking cool. Uh, what? Yeah, they're adding a bunch of these like vehicles and stuff to traverse the terrain, but there's still nothing to do in there. Yeah, that's it's just worry. It's just mining for resources and all that. I heard they put a settlement update in the last update. Uh, and apparently this is going to be the final update for No Man's Sky. And if so, there's still not enough gameplay to hold people over. Are, did they announce that as the last one? I, I I think they said it was the final update. I have... Huh. That's weird, because the I last one they said that they were building a foundation to do a lot of updates. So that's kind of weird. They, they might. I don't know. It says here on the page for the Pathfinder update, it shows the path for the future. So I, I'd imagine there's more. Okay, so it, it might not be. But again, why why not have this available at launch and, you know, not piss a bunch of people off with uh, empty gameplay? I think... I think a lot of mistakes were made during development. I think a big part of it was... That they signed a contract with Sony because mm. because they did that, Sony took control of the marketing and they hyped it up this game, this indie game, into oh, like astronomical God. properties that it shouldn't have. And because of the marketing, they were forced to release at a certain date. And they weren't done with the game, but they had to release it, not finished. Mm. Some arbitrary. Uh... So that's that's so did the they, bummer um... with that. I, I was a little out of the loop with the No Man's Sky's drama. Uh-huh. Uh, did they actually, like, falsely advertise what was there, or did they just mislead? One of the designers, I would say outright lied, yes. But I don't think he did it okay. with bad intentions in mind, but he did lie in interviews, yes. Okay. And then, uh, like, a bunch of the gameplay trailers were very much different from what actually oh, happened so in the game. Just- well, from what I gather, that version was, like, that existed, but they just ran into bugs where they had to roll, go back on some of the right. things they did. But at one point, it was it, like the trailers were, so I don't think that was a lie, necessarily. Once they make a more intricate story for the game and uh, 
make the ores a bit more viable. I think I might jump back into it because right now all you do is you explore planets. Once you're done with one, you go to the next and the next and the next until you get to the center of the universe where there's a zoom out scene and then you're done. You go back to hopping planets. Did you see the uh, Steam Workshop stuff they added for this update? I, I have was not. Cool. Okay, so the thing you can is that you can build your uh, build a base in creative mode. You can upload that to the workshop, and then other people can download that. So it's almost like a custom map in Minecraft, I would say, um, because you can put like this little these little orbs in your base that will like kind of give messages and clues about what to do. Uh, you can also make yourself like a racetrack for the vehicle and it has like a, a leaderboard system where you can try to race for the best time or on that racetrack. So it has a lot of... it has some more stuff to do, but I, I think they need to focus more on the exploration part and just make yeah. the terrain more diverse and interesting. That's true. Certainly. But yeah, I think this I'm is exciting. I'm just looking at it on the store now and it looks like a cool game. Mm-hmm. It has a it's lot of promise, but it, Yeah. It definitely has promise, and I sure hope they're not calling it a quit. Calling it quits now, and not using it to its full potential. Yeah. And it's still selling for 60 bucks, so... Yeah. Yeah, it does. Digitally, retail, it's gone down. Heavily. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine so. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I, that's all yeah. I have to yeah. say about No all Man's reviews, Sky. Just... Mostly negative. 32% of people who reviewed this game reviewed it as positive. Yeah, it's, it's rough. That's so rough. Great. That's some of the worst I've seen. I think if No Man's Sky released as a Steam Early Access game, I think it would have gone a lot better. Yeah, yeah. But Sony, yeah, because of the deal, they hyped it up as this big $60 game that it should never have been. And that's a shame. Uh... One little funny part that happened uh, at GDC not rec- not too long ago. Um, they had they had this uh, award ceremony, and apparently No Man's Sky got the Innovation Award. But the devs were so sure they wouldn't get an award, so they were at the different part of town, and they weren't there to accept the <laughs> award. <laughs> apparently, they were just eating dinner somewhere else in San Francisco because they were like, "Nah." We're not gonna get anything anyway, so why even bother? <laughs> oh, so that was kind of funny. I mean, I I get that th- why they would think that with the uh, reaction the game got. So it's kind of weird that they even got the award in the first place. But I mean, they did a lot of things that other games didn't do. So I suppose that should be re- a reward in some way. Yeah, that's all I have to say on that. Uh, should, uh, actually, Americ, uh, since you played a little bit of Stardew Valley, would you like to introduce this? Have you read anything about this? Uh, I can't wait now. If you, someone else does it, I have to uh, be right back. Ah, okay, Sorry. that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that's unfortunate. <laughs> I'll, I'll hop into it, because I've played a bit of Stardew Valley. Okay. Uh, so, Stardew Valley is actually incre- is, uh, creeping up on its one-year anniversary, and the developer of this game uh, was made by one dev, and uh, he did kind of a retrospective of the game, uh, how it was developed. He even showed a bunch of screenshots of uh, it in progress, and there's a lot of like interesting mechanics and uh, changes that were made throughout the game. Uh, 
Especially the name of the game was called Sprout Valley originally? Yes, and it looks a lot more childish of a logo. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that the logo got a really good artsy update. Yeah. But, uh, and, uh, it's incredible how much that game's gone over in one year. Yeah, for sure. And just through the development, like, I was amazed at how many times he overall the graphic style, the gameplay, like, this, like, sounds like three projects in one, and somehow he did it all by himself, almost. And it spanned four to five years, that's insane for one person. Yeah. Did you ever try the uh, mining in Stardew Valley? Yeah. Because uh, I like one of the last screenshots where he talked about the mines were going to be procedurally generated and uh, right. like the walls were going to be fully destructible and you had like these giant underground lakes you could cross by right. boat. Like he, he had so many ambitions and even he, he, finished, he finished the entire system and just like, nah, it doesn't feel right and just went back on it. It's like incredible. The amount of uh, time he spent on it. And honestly, he made the right choice for that. Like, it, the, the restriction, uh, while it at first may seem like, uh, you know, it's restricting the player, it's not something you should normally do. Uh, but it keeps the player in focus on what they need to do. Uh, get to the bottom of the mines. Because of the bottom of the mines is uh, rewards and stuff for the player and you know having this destructible terrain uh you know having it being percentually generated that would make every chip completely different but with the way the difficulty in the mind scales you wouldn't want that you'd basically be paying spelunky at that point right that's that's a good point yeah but uh he did a fantastic job in one like with with this coming out through one year with it uh, multiplayer on the way. Uh, it's getting a Switch release. Uh, there's a lot of work going into this game. Uh, even on like now that it's released, there's still much, much needed support for it. Uh, Americ, you want to go into it? Uh, I take it was still on um, Stardew Valley. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what have you already talked about? Because I don't know particularly what to. Uh, we we just talked about the screenshots he showed. Uh, Sid mentioned the mines, uh, how they were originally going to be procedurally generated in the collapsing terrain, and just talking about the uh the game as a whole through uh the five years of development and the one year anniversary of its release. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I have, really have too much to add. It's just, it, it's good to see of just how the art style has progressed. It seems like it's come a long way from back in was it two thousand and twelve? Yeah. It's just until now, it's like it's come on leaps and bounds, and the, yeah, it's really rather quite amazing. Mm-hmm. Are you excited about no. multiplayer? Is that something you'd be interested in doing? Uh, I'll be honest, I haven't had the chance to play Stardew Valley in such a long time. and I don't think that multiplayer would be the thing to get me back into it, but it, it, it might be something that I might check out at some point in the future, so... Right, okay. If uh, they had a 
section where you can actually like make your own houses and make it different from other players, then uh, I would definitely jump into the multiplayer update. Yeah, as I would imagine he would add a lot of features that were like specifically for multiplayer, like right. things you could do together. Like I don't know if it would be like Animal Crossing multiplayer because do you have a, like small mini games and competitions you can do? That'd be kind of interesting. It could be like a the Pokemon multiplayer with like in Gen Four with like the Poffin spinning, so you could do like that and just like <laughs> do cooking like weird cooking mini games. Yeah, basically Cooking Mama. I really want to play Cooking Mama. Multiplayer Cooking yeah, Mama. I'm Let's do that it. Too. <laughs> Eshidiku, get on that. I want my co- I want my cookie mama. I'm sorry, you want what? What? Oh no. Nothing happened, I promise. Let's move on. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to add? No, I'm good. I, I am just very happy that one man decided to make a new uh like farming game and he made did such a good job on it. It's super cool. Yeah, I've yeah. never played it personally, but I don't think I've ever met anyone who's had something bad to say about that game. It's a labor yeah, of love, sound, and it yeah, shows. It sounds like he's done a fantastic job with it. Mm-hmm. It's a great nod to the Harvest Moon games. Indeed. Mm. But uh, with that, the news of the week is done. We're going to be skipping everything else this week. We really didn't have much to talk about uh, for this week on... Uh, all of us didn't have time to look and see what was going on around the world for that interest us. So we're skipping that this week and going on to the lightning quiz. Where I will be taking over this week and asking these guys, uh, I'll be giving them three different games. They have to tell me what game took the longest out of the list. Uh, winner gets to shout out a media that they have been interested in or just want to give a shout out to. Uh, they're more than welcome to do that. Uh, so once again, we're going to go and get started. Question is, what games took the longest to make? First up is uh, The Last Guardian. The game that was infamous for taking a really long time to develop. Uh, was developing for years and then seemingly got... Uh, canceled and then redeveloped and then canceled again and then now it's finally out and no one believes that and then next is mother 3 the game only released in japan the sequel to earthbound uh, was only released on the gba uh in japan and it's a rpg where uh, a lot of people really wanted to come back because they had a really great story that really tied things together in the Earthbound world, and they really wanted to come to the Switch platforms, especially with the uh, in like the incline popularity for Earthbound and uh, Ness and Lucas characters. And then the third one, Team Fortress 2, uh, Valve's. Uh, Valve's team-based uh, arena shooter uh, before uh, Overwatch existed and basically took over that genre. Uh, team Fortress 2 
has you know been part of the orange box has been part of many different bundles uh is now free to play uh that game has had a long history and it's crazy to see like the genre now moving on with overwatch so what do you guys think last guardian mother 3 or team fortress 2 oh man that that you <laughs> you That's picked a some really hard games question. to begin with i have to say that you was... challenged me last week yeah i have to step you up <laughs> yeah that's true okay uh, i guess i can go first uh for the first one uh last guardian is an amazing game i played most of it and it's that yeah i can see the amount of time it's uh that was spent on it but i also know there was a lot of like development issues along the way like the the main director, I think, left the studio midway through. There was a lot of <laughs> wrongdoings at that studio during that time. Uh, the second one was Mother 3. I'm trying to remember... I feel like I heard something about it being developed for a different console along the way, before the GBA. I'm not, I might be wrong about that. Um. I don't remember for sure, uh, but anyway... Uh, I can imagine that was the game that took a lot of time to make, like, the, the writing in that game is super clever, and I'm, I'll, some of the things it does on the GBA is kind of impressive, I would say. Like, uh, a lot of the graphics and animations are detailed in that game, it's like, it shows a labor of love, for sure. Uh, and Team Fortress 2, I think it's based on a community mod for Half-Life? I might be wrong about that one, too. Just feel like I heard that. Uh, I could imagine that being a, a game that took long to make as well, especially with it being Valve. Valve usually likes taking its time making its games. <laughs> what? No, you're right. Half-Life 3? Right. Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, too soon. Too soon. Yeah. I mean, you have to mention it at some point. Uh, but I will. I would have to say The Last Guardian, just because I remember the original announcement trailer that long ago when they mentioned like Project Trico and all that. I just have a feeling that has to be it. So The Last Guardian for me. All right. Next up. All right. I've listened to what Sid said, and he's made some interesting points. I want to clarify, Quill. This is just the initial release of the game, right? This doesn't include further development after release. Yes, it's just an initial release. Okay, well, um, hmm. I'm gonna say purely because it's always been a game that people have told me was really in-depth. I never actually got an opportunity to play it, um, but it's always seemed like a game that people have really enjoyed, so I'm gonna go with Mother 3. Respectable. I don't reckon TF2 would have taken anywhere near as long as the other two. I mean, again, I'm in the same thing. I don't think that TF2 would have taken as long, but it's just of the other two, I'm not too sure. So, I'd probably go with um, The Last Guardian over any of them. Alright, well, with that... um. Team Fortress 2, you guys question, Yeah, it, trust me, it only gets worse. Sorry! Uh, <laughs> uh, Team Fortress 2, you guys were kind of right. That took eight years to develop. It was, Jesus uh, started Christ. development in 1998. What? 
Jesus. Yes. Oh uh, it, it started like uh, before it became like Team Fortress Two. It was like Team Fortress Classic, yeah. and it went through a, a really big development hell, basically. Huh. And uh, you know that game was very different in pre like pre alpha than it is now. It had like a very realistic military setting than it does now, and there was so much different. Um, Last Guardian, again, that game took so long to develop uh, from the initial uh, announcement for development. Uh, however, it started development in 2007 and was released in 2016. Now, that's nine years. So, yes, Mother 3 too. actually had the longest release of 12 years. <laughs> Sid, Sid, you were on the ball. It was actually supposed to be released for the N64 yeah, as Earthbound so 2. Oh my goodness. Thank you for it saying start- that, by the way, Sid. I never would have thought of it otherwise. <laughs> it uh, started development in 1994 and released in 2006. That's crazy. That's absolutely it's- crazy. That's such a weird gap. It's a super good game, though, for sure. Oh yeah, no, it's great. If you can get the, uh, if you can uh, get it by completely legal means, <coughs> by all means, yes. or get the English patch on an emulator, you know, you'd be perfectly fine. But uh, that game's great. It's a great fun. Well, congrats, BJ. Yeah. Woo! Ben, ben has <laughs> one point. <laughs> I uh, think I'd like to thank my parents. <laughs> oh, trust me, it'll get worse. Sorry. I know. Oh, boy. Okay. All right, starting with oh the next God. list, we have L.A. Noir. Uh, Rockstar's oh. answer to GTA meets Phoenix, right, I guess? Uh, you play as detectives that, uh, you know, you basically solve, like, solve crimes. It has different scenarios. Uh, this especially took Rockstar quite a bit to make because it was different. It had more um, kind of gameplay and story driven than GTA did. So um, I think they had a split development for this one. I'm not too sure. But uh, LA Noir is the first one on this list. And then next we have Two Human. Uh, this game was very different. It, w- it was criticized when it was released. It really didn't do well as far as marketing and uh selling goes so it it really didn't like resonate with people when it released but it but it was one of those games that kind of had a uh, questionable release cycle and then we have uh the sims meets i don't know what others to call it the sim meets whatever a spore um, oh my god. Yeah, Max, this is uh, basically Lego meets Sims, where you can basically create any species you want and, uh, you know, just have a world filled with whatever your mind creates, which is can be a good or bad thing depending on the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game, especially with uh, Max's t- uh, ties to Sims, uh, they had to go off and on working on this game and working on a Sims game. Uh, I think multiple expansions of like two were being released during its time, so it it as well was kind of a questionable release cycle. But once again, the list is LA Noir, Two Human, and Spore. All right. What's the start? Oh my goodness. 
Can I go first? Sorry, Spore, Spore brings back a lot of memories. Go ahead, Sid. Alright, so... Uh, I want to clarify one thing about LNUR. I'm a huge fan of LNUR, so... Um, it's not developed by Rockstar, but it was developed by Team Bondi. And the, That's right. Yeah, the owner of Team Bondi is someone called, I think, Brendan McNamara, and he made... Uh, uh, the Getaway series for uh, PlayStation 2, I think. Like, he, he's, a, he's a very good writer, I would say. Like, he focuses a lot on writing, but he also takes his time making his games. And I remember reading some interviews about the uh, development hell of LNR, because most of it was um, that Rockstar and Team Bondi was going to work together, but apparently they didn't mesh well together, and they, there was a lot of... Um, drama involved as I heard <laughs> things were not going well uh, apparently also like the uh, management of Team Bondi wasn't great like they they overworked their staff like a lot of the staff left the studio because the conditions were not great and uh, I remember it was a very ambitious game because they focused a lot on like really good facial scans like facial expressions are super important for that game because it's all about reading the person you're talking to and trying to figure out if they're talking uh, the truth or not. It's like a true detective game in that way, which is super cool. But because of those um, those reasons, it took a lot of time for what I remember. Uh, but compared to these other two, I have no clue. Uh, two Human, we talked about that last episode, so I won't go into that, but that went through three or four different consoles at one point. That was a struggle and a half. And Spore. Spore is a really interesting project because um, that's basically uh, Wilbright's legacy. Wilbright is the this main designer of The Sims and The Sims City series. And he always wanted to make a game like Spore, where it's all about like um, an organism like slowly developing over time, becoming like an actual creature, uh, from herbivore to um, uh, what do you call... Uh, I can't think of it. Like, carnivore? Yeah, carnivore. There you go. Yeah. So basically <laughs> just the, a creature that develops over time through many generations. That's always the game he wanted to make. But the problem with having, like, being so ambitious about a project like that is that it will usually take forever. Like, I think Will Wright's expectations of a game like that were so huge that it just took forever to get done. And I might. I heard a lot of stories. Like uh, there was a huge struggle in like eternally that they had these like two different versions of the game. Basically, one that was very like realistic and one that was very cartoony. And they just couldn't decide because EA wanted it to be cartoony. He wanted to be like for kids, like a very childish game. But Will Wright wanted this like realistic uh, expression of like. Uh, organism developing, and like, I remember that being a huge struggle. Um, saying that though, I still think it would be too human. Like, that was a crazy project. Alright, uh, next up. Whichever one of you two. Uh, yeah, Darnold, well, speak at once, come on. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'm happy ahead. to let you take this one, bud. Yeah. Uh, I'm just glad that Sid went first because uh, him explaining it is kind of helpful because I have absolutely no idea about any of these games. So, um... <laughs> oh, you poor man. 
Yeah. How have you not played Spore? <laughs> uh, I'm just going to have to take a random guess and say hello, Noir. I don't know anything. Uh, okay, alright. Um, I... The first two games, LA Noir, I've seen mentioned a lot. Um, and I've seen that it's been, you know, a hell of a successful game. I don't know much about the development of it at all. And I don't know too much. I don't know, have anywhere near the depth of knowledge Sid did for it. <laughs> um, but it, it definitely seems like it would have been a hefty game for them to put together. But I don't reckon it would be anywhere near on the level of Two Human, which if I remember correctly, started out on the original PlayStation and then yeah. ended up on 360 or something like that. And yeah, I think it might have gone like through something bizarre like the GameCube or the N64 yes. or something in the middle of that too. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and I'm pretty sure that took like a good, ooh, at least a good eight years to make that game. And then Spore, Spore was a game that me it means a lot to me because I can still remember I had a mate that used to live like six houses down the road and I'd spend days and days and days at his place and we'd be bu building things on Spore. It was a great game, but I don't think it's going to be anywhere near at the point Too Human was. So I'm going to agree with Sid, I reckon Too Human as well. Alright, well, looking at those, um, Sid's explanation of Eleanor corrected a lot of, you know, what I explained. Um, these three were actually rather close, surprisingly. Oh. Uh, their, their, okay. their time frames were really close. Um, Eleanor was the lowest with seven years. A lot for one game. But yeah, no, again, it's these three were really close. It was kind of a toss up, really, unless you knew the development cycle. Right. Um, to Human, that game uh, got announced in 1999 uh, with the various console releases and all that. That one had the longest development hell of the three of nine years. Spore was actually eight years. Wow. Oh, okay. That's really cool. Yeah, so it was, it was announced in 2000 in the year 2000 and released in 2008. Wow. So all three were rather close. It it was a you know, I try to make this one as close as possible. Yeah. So. Good job of picking the games. I mean, this yeah. I had a lot of yeah, internal that was, struggles. That was a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, I reckon I, I yeah, Two Human just seemed like way, way too long a game. Yeah, in development right. hell. It's a troubled history two. for sure. It's the only one I'd heard of it having horrible development troubles. <laughs> right. All right. Just to recap for those following at home, Ben has two points. Sid has That's one. Right. Merrick is a little bit behind. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure we'll catch up with the next one, starting with Shenmue. Oh <gasps> yes, I love that game. <laughs> Shenmue, the realistic uh, forklift driving simulator yes. of the Dreamcast. Uh, basically, of the real life simulator, you went through this guy's life. You uh, basically, you know, live it out driving a forklift, apparently. Uh, you know, it ended up on the Dreamcast where people are really excited for apparently i believe the third one is in development yes sir but yeah a third one got kickstarted. so uh that begs the question of how long 
Shenmue took, depending on how long Shenmue 3 is going to take. <laughs> so what do you guys think on that? Uh, next on the list, we're going to go to Prey, the original Prey. Uh, Prey was kind of a Doom-like first-person exploration sci-fi game. Uh, you play as this guy who goes on to uh, this extraterrestrial spacecraft where you have to go and basically uh, you know, get rid of the threat that was on this spacecraft. And uh, there's game mechanics in the game that are uh, different for its time where your uh, spirit actually leaves your body and you get to roam the area for a short period of time. And it's got some very different concepts that were uh, very, very different for the time, but it didn't really sit well with a lot of people with its uh, graphic design. And then next up, StarCraft II. StarCraft 2 is uh, infamous for uh, the Total Biscuit voice over that now just got recently added. Uh, the voice commands for Total Biscuit and a bunch of other streamers are in that game. But a uh, very, very deep strategy game. Uh, apparently no one uh, likes the Zoidlings because why would you? But uh, that game also... Uh, had a different uh, development history, and with Blizzard, I believe they were also working on WoW at the time. So it it did a lot to work on uh, that game. But other than that, what do you guys think? I I'm not gonna go first this time because I feel my explanations is too helpful. I <laughs> uh, helping everyone <laughs> else out, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm gonna go last. Alright, I'm gonna bite the bullet and go first then. I know very little about any of these games. Um, the only one I really knew of anything of was StarCraft 2, so I'm gonna go with that. Uh, I'm also in the same boat. I have absolutely no idea about any of these games. So uh, I feel like Sid wrote this. the questions, really. Not true. I just know things. <laughs> <laughs> Please, uh, if he wrote them, he would be have better explanations. <laughs> better explanations? But... Better explanations. No, I'm going to have to guess Shenmue 3, because, again, I have absolutely no idea. It's it's the original Shenmue for the Dreamcast. Oh, uh, Shenmue, Shenmue then, yeah. Yeah. And Sid? All right. Okay. Uh, I need to hold back a little because I love Shenmue. I could just do a Shenmue fan cast probably because <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about that game. Okay. So, in short, Shenmue was a very, very ambitious game that tried to simulate the life of uh, I. I think he's a teenager uh, called Ryo Hasaki in Japan. It's this like. Uh, it was designed to be a 17-part video game series with a very <laughs> huge story and a lot of characters and lore. Um, but the thing is, the director of that game was a bit too ambitious, I would say. Uh, and Sega and their console, the Dreamcast, basically was ruined because of Shenmue, because they spent... I think maybe 
two million dollars on it and at that time that was a lot of money for a video game <laughs> like it had full voice acting like a full open world so a lot of stuff that no other games had back in 2000 i think it was maybe i'm trying to remember it's a long time ago uh anyway uh yeah that game basically killed the dreamcast and sega almost like sega stopped making a lot of games because they spent so much money on Shenmue and they didn't get enough back. They lost a lot of money on that project. So I can definitely imagine that taking a lot of time. Uh, about Prey, I don't actually know too much about Prey, but I know a little bit about the uh, cancelled sequel, Prey 2, that they were working on for a while. Uh, and that seemed like a really... A uh, cool project that that looked really fascinating to me, and I know that went through its own development hell. Uh, but I don't know too much about the original, unfortunately. I think maybe Three D Realms was involved. The the Duke Nukem people, I'm not sure. Uh, the third one, StarCraft Two. I mean, it's Blizzard. Blizzard, it's all about the polish, and you know, just take one more year just to make the menus look a little shinier. You know, it's definitely that studio that will just take forever in making it perfect. And uh, StarCraft 2 was an ambitious project because they know how important StarCraft is to people, but they decided to make it episodic. And they decided to make, like, make it a game that had three campaigns, one for each race, and that, like, spanned over a long period of time. And still make a really good, like, multiplayer game, because multiplayer is really important in StarCraft. And just making... At one point, I think StarCraft 1 and 2 was an eSport in South Korea. Like, they had these giant tournaments. So, making a really good competitive game uh, in StarCraft 2 is probably really important as well. Uh, so I can imagine Blizzard taking a long time on making StarCraft 2 good. Uh... Oh, it's we Oh, I can't decide, because I- Shenmue was such a gamble as well, I know they spent a- I think that started as a different game altogether as well. Uh... You can do it, Sid, you can do it. Man, I don't <laughs> think it's Prey, I will just have to gamble on Shenmue. Shenmue, take me home. Alright. Uh, BJ, I hate to crush your dream. StarCraft 2 came in at seven years. Uh huh. Which was Is that bad? Uh, middle the of the line. Middle of the line. Okay. For the list. Uh, Prey. Prey with its uh, development cycle uh, being announced in 1995 by 3D Realms. Wow. Uh, developer left the company. Uh, a lot of crap happened, apparently. Uh, they had, I believe, lost the alpha build oh, no. and then had to rebuild it from scratch. Huh. I'm curious to how that happened. I'll have to take another look, but I believe I saw that. Uh, game took 11 years. That one was the top. Oh. So we're all Shenmue right? only took six, so it was at the bottom. Man. Oh, man. Yeah. So no points awarded on this round. Well done, I know that was a difficult one. Well done. Wait, is that it? Is there only three questions? No. Well, oh, there are uh, more? For <gasps> that round. Yeah, there's more. Oh my gosh. No worries. <gasps> I, I planned this out. Oh man, okay. I do have a tiebreaker just in case it goes to that. Okay, let's duke it out. Okay, Sid can go first this time. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're trying to be a gentleman or trying to be. <laughs> no, I want all the help I can get. <laughs> he wants me to reveal my hand. It's like a poker game. Alright, I don't think I need to explain these games. Uh, let's see what we can do. Final Fantasy 15, Aliens, Colonial Marines, and Owlboy. Owlboy, we'll go ahead and start off with that. It's an indie game that got released uh, fairly recently. It's I from believe. my country. Hype! <laughs> Sid, Sid was a little excited. <laughs> I have the uh, physical copy! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Owlboy <laughs> indie game was uh, very very ambitious for a single guy to do and I believe he had lost interest during development then picked it back up and uh, the game turned out to be really really good uh, it just came out I believe at a difficult time for indie games uh, during the making of it so it, it worked out for him though he he did enjoy making the game. Aliens Colonial Marines. We talked about that a lot of the last episode. Uh, the failed Aliens game that everyone wished was good, but ended up not being. And then Final Fantasy XV, the boy band's adventure in a car through Final Fantasy World. Play as a prince. You have to take back your kingdom. It's all good fun. It's a Final Fantasy game. What do you guys think? I'm not going fast. Yeah, Sid, do you want to do the honors? Oh boy. <laughs> Fine, I can do it. <laughs> I, I can do it just so I can talk more about All Boy, because man, yeah, what you a good about game All Boy is! <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah, that went, that, went, that went many years in development. Um, I know about a lot about the main designer, uh, Snake Pixel. He makes a lot of amazing, like, uh, both. Um, just hand-drawn to the art as well as pixel art. Like, he's super talented. Um, and I think he he might have gone through some psychological issues, and then there was a marriage, so the development was held off for a while. And they also ran into problems with funding, so they had to do a different game midway through, just so they could, could get enough money to finish it. Uh, but yeah, it's an amazing game. You can definitely sh see the amount of time they spent on it. Uh, it's not just one person. It is a studio called D-Pad Studio. Uh, I think it's maybe five people plus the musician? The compose composer? Uh, anyway. I don't know if I read this right, but I feel I like it was ten years or something around there. It was definitely a very long time, though, in development. Uh, but it's a super good game. Uh, what were the other games? I was so invested in All Boy, I kind of <laughs> forgot. <laughs> Again, the list was Final Fantasy XV, Aliens, Colonial Marines, and Sid's favorite game, All Boy. <laughs> okay. Oh, hold on. Uh, I'll be right back. You guys keep talking. He okay. really doesn't want to <laughs> go first. <laughs> Sorry, was that Colonial Marines? Was that the word you're Colonial Marines. Okay, that's that's not what I heard. Not not isolation. <laughs> okay. Um. Hmm. I've actually I've heard of of I've, I've I've at least heard of Final Fantasy and Alien. Those are two game franchise series I actually know. The other one's completely out of left field. I had no idea what that is. Um. 
Now it, it's a it's Elboy is a platformer that got released last year. It's yeah, an indie it must be decent though if, if if Sib was that excited about it. Um, <laughs> Sib was very excited. <laughs> he said it and said just his entire face just lit up. It was great. <laughs> you could hear it in his voice. Um, no, I reckon that despite it, it I, this is the Alien game that turned out to be a gigantic flop, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon despite it being a gigantic flop, they probably put a shitload of time into it to try and make it the best it can be and just failed completely. So I'm going to go with the Alien game. Okay. I'm back, All by right. the way. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. You want to finish your statements then? Okay, sure. Give America a little bit of a chance. <laughs> can I Can I, Can I? I? Um, back up my answer to Loftus? No, 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 no. <laughs> That's not how this game show works. <laughs> Sid! Hi! Uh, I don't know too much about Aliens Colonial Marines, to be honest. I just know it's made by Gearbox and that it had its own trouble history and people did not like it very much. Um, Final Fantasy XV, though. That started out as a game called Final Fantasy XIII Versus. That was meant to be out very long ago, as far as I remember. And it started out as a very different game than what it ended up being. Um, I'm honestly not sure. I have a feeling it might be a few years less than Owlboy. Though I... Oh, man, this is tough. I think it would have to be Allboy, but I think Final Fantasy XV would be a close second. Alright, and Merrick. Uh, again, I have absolutely nothing to back my ideas up, so I'm just going to say Allboy. Which falls said now. Good copy said. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just the whole um, having to make another game to fund the game. I feel like that would just take a very long time to do so oh yeah certainly all right well uh the boy bands final fantasy uh their car trip took about 10 years to make and they were middle of the road for this list um Owlboy actually took nine years to develop no it definitely took 10 years it did did take 10 years was it 10 because i i read it started in 2007 I am fairly sure it took 10 years. I, 10 years? I've okay. read up a lot well, about it. So. Yeah, uh, might want to double check that, but uh, from what I saw, it was nine, year, or nine years. It may it may have started like late 2006, early 2007. Uh, but uh, Aliens, Marines took hang on, 12... Hang on. Quill, 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 it was the original Xbox, wasn't it? What? It was out for the original Xbox. It was originally supposed to go for the very first Xbox machine. I remember it now. Which ones? Alien Colonial Marines? No. no? It came out for the was 360 it? and PS3. Yeah, no, but it was originally planned for the original Xbox, wasn't it? No, no, it started development in 2001 for the original PlayStation. Ah, uh, okay. Or PS2, no, I, actually. I had the original Xbox, and I'm pretty... I right. remember, it might have been the one before it, then. Right. Uh, it, started, it, yeah. it started development for the PS2, and then got cancelled shortly after uh, work on it, and then it got picked back up. And then, uh, and then a lot of development all happened and took 12 years. Released in 2013 as one of the worst games of that year. Wow, huh. 12 years to produce that. Yeah. Oh, that's gonna feel bad. That's not one you want to write home about. 
Alright. Uh, PJ has three points, and I don't think with his next one, I don't think uh, BJ can be topped because I believe Sid only has one and Americ has none. Uh, but we'll go ahead and do it anyway okay. just for fun. I think this one's going to be a fun challenge as well. Okay. Um, you guys know these games. I don't need to explain them. No Man's Sky, GTA 5, Far Cry 4. What you oh, got? Oh, wow. Mm -mm. Um, oh, shit. That's a hell of a question. <laughs> um... I like this though, because at least I know which games these ones are. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is this is nice. Uh, I'm gonna. Far Cry Four. Right. Sit. The tough part about these games for me is, what do you consider active development? Because. Uh, I knew about Hello Games before they started, ah. they made No Man's Sky, because uh, they did the Joe Danger games. I remember right. the Joe Danger 2 wasn't that many years ago, so... But I remember them talking about working on the tech for No Man's Sky a long time before that, so... I don't know what active development would mean for No Man's Sky, if it's like full-time... On that project alone, or if the work before Joe Danger 2 is considered, like that is confusing to me. I don't know. Uh, I would probably just I'm gonna, say. I'm, I'm double checking my sources now to make sure I have this correct. Okay. Yeah, I'm just wondering what the numbers, like what they consider the start of the No Man's Sky project. Right. I would probably say GTA though, even even what the uh, actual answer for No Man's Sky would be, I would probably say GTA. Because the um, the amount of years between Far Cry 3 and Far Cry 4 weren't that far between, so I don't really know why there would be that many years of dev time for 4, unless it was originally made as a different game altogether, which I... I don't know. It might be. So yeah, GTA for me. GTA? Yeah. Right? In America? Uh, I don't really have any ideas. Um, This is a much tougher question in general. How long did that game take to make? Uh, I'd probably go with No Man's Sky, but <laughs> I have no real strong ideas, so. Okay, No Man's Sky, um, from what I was reading, they started the core development of, um, that game with the, with the release of Joe Danger 2. Okay. And that was released in 2012. Yeah. You may want to double check that, so I'm not too sure. But, uh. From what I read, the development started right after Joe Danger 2, okay. and uh, that game took four years, being released in 2016, from what I've been reading. And then Far Cry 4, uh, Sid had a good idea on it. Um, with its reusing of Far Cry 3's engine, it only took two years to make. GTA 5 took five years. Oh, okay. 
again, may want to double check me on that. My sources may not be entirely correct. But uh, with that, BJ with three points, Sid with two, and Merrick with uh, none. Oh. Uh, maybe, ne- maybe next time, Merrick. BJ, what's your yes. shout out? Oh, okay. See, I didn't come into this expecting to actually, you know, win. So <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I actually frantically texted Phoebe about five minutes ago and said, shit, who do I shout out? So I've decided to follow the similar theme to what I believe you guys went with last week and shout out another artist, artist and that's, um, that's Sandra. Oh, so that's at yeah. Sandoodles oh. on Twitter. Sandoodles underscore, rather, on Twitter. Um, she makes fantastic art, and she actually does it for fairly cheap as well. She's done a whole bunch of different pieces of art for a lot of people I know. Uh, she also did want two for me for Valentine's Day, which was lovely. Um, she does a fantastic job. She's just a lovely person, and she's a college student, so she really needs to pay her bills, so please buy her art. Thank you. <laughs> How are you and Cryptic doing? Uh, much better than me and Phoebe right now, I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Horrible. yeah, so that's my shout-out. Good shout-out. Sweet. Rude. That's great to hear. All right. And, uh, with that, what games are you guys looking forward to coming out? Well, after uh, today's discussion, I gotta say the new Assassin's Creed. For me, it was, New Assassin's uh, Creed. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I can continue. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Shadow of War. Seeing that gameplay was really cool. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, that's definitely on my list now as well. Yeah, I uh, I was at, I actually kickstarted a game back in uh, 2014 uh, called Treasure Adventure World, and uh, that developer's kind of been silent recently, so I'm not sure on how long, far off that development is. Uh, I'm also excited for ukulele. That game is coming out very soon, yep. and I am not ready for it. <laughs> That's in April, and I'm not ready for it. You, you can do this, Quill. Just believe in yourself. Uh, Add no. your wallet. I'm you scared. Can do this. <laughs> and then uh, I'm hoping to pick up Breath of the Wild within the next week or so. Um, then I will be receding into that game, so I may have something to talk about on the podcast during that. But I don't know. I'll uh, figure something out. And then I don't really have anything else I'm looking forward to. Uh, Hat in Time, I guess as well. Oh yeah, yeah. That was because that's that's this year as well. Uh huh. America. Uh, well, something I forgot to mention uh, last week, but um, a, a remake of one of the old Fire Emblem games is coming out on uh, 3DS. Oh yeah. With being, um, one of the Famicom uh, ones, right? Yeah, it's the second game in the series, so yeah. yeah it's a remake of the original Gaiden game, so I'm very much looking forward to that when it comes out. So Same here. That looks good. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, the All new right. Blaster Master game that they showed on the Nintendo Indies video. That looks cool too. That's going on 3DS as well. And Switch. Yes. It's a Nindy. <laughs> I love that word, Nindy. It just <laughs> works. The Nandy. It's a Nandy. All right. Well, this has been one interesting podcast. It's been an interesting podcast for sure. Uh, 
So uh, by next time, Ben will be prepared for his uh, let's play of Fallen London. <laughs> oh man, I cannot. I, I, okay, I'll be honest. I played a couple of minutes of it while um, I was listening to Sid ramble on about his games because he knows everything. And it looks like a lot of fun. I see what you mean about the candles as well. I'm already down to 17 and I've gone about ooh, 10 minutes into the game. Yeah. But... It's it definitely seems like a lot of fun and it seems like the kind of game that I could get into because I always loved the um like the choose your own adventure books and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I that was a big part of the things I read in primary school. And uh yeah, I've actually I it looks like fun so far. It's a little it's confused me slightly. Little bits have confused me. Yeah. Um the skills are not very well explained and this bit about ambitions is a little confusing as well. But I figure once I've had a little bit of time to play around with it without also paying attention to something else, I think it's going to be a ton of fun. So thank you for suggesting that to be said. No problem. <laughs> it's pretty great you downloaded it during the podcast. <laughs> I'll be sure to talk about that next time. Don't worry about Good. it. All right. So let's go ahead and sign off. Uh, we'll go ahead and start with Ben because he's our newest Hello. one. Yes. Uh, you, guys already, you guys already know our social medias, but we'll uh, reiterate them shortly. Ben, what's your medias? Oh, hello. Hi. Um, okay. I go by the Twitter handle of at BJPlaysYT because my normal names are taken. And I can be found on YouTube. I, actually, I just changed my channel at. I'm pretty sure it's now. I'm going to just double check this before I say it because I changed this literally last night as BJPlays, I think. Yep. www.youtube.com slash C slash BJPlays. So, very nice. yeah, I don't upload all that often, but when I do, I tend to upload the best things I can. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys for having me on as well. I had a ton of fun. Thank you for oh, joining no us. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, glad to have you join us and can't wait to join you or have us. But <laughs> can you tell it's very late? For it's clearly. 9 a.m. for me. Hush your yeah, mouth. It's just about to go midnight for me as well. <laughs> Oh, All right, you can follow my crazy. <laughs> you can follow my craziness at, at CoolJ1, where I post almost daily shenanigans over what's going on. Uh, my YouTube's still the same, CoolJ1. Twitch is CoolJ1. I'm basically CoolJ1 everywhere. If you need to add me on Overwatch or something like that, feel free to send me a, a tweet or something. I'll sure be at you. And then uh, for anything else, don't be afraid to ask me. Uh, you can find some of the drawings I've done at sidgarcia.deviantart.com. That's pretty much all you need. And you can find me on Twitter at, uh, at America underscore. That's pretty much the only place where I'm active recently, so... Hmm. Alrighty. Thank you guys so much for watching. Um, by the release of this next episode, we should have it set up for iTunes and uh, Android release. So you guys can go follow those links in the description as well. You guys can also go follow uh, Get On Podcast or at Get On Podcast on Twitter. And then once again, we also have our own YouTube channel where this is being posted. Uh, we'll try and uh, spread this around more. Uh, so, Ben, you have to spread this around a little bit. I, I will be sure. I didn't realize we had a Twitter, so hold on a second. Yeah, it's uh, get, get On, on pod- Podcast. Follow. Get On Podcast. Yep. Done. And I also just got a notification for that on my phone. Sorry if you heard that. <laughs> <laughs>
God damn it, I should turn yeah, that I off. Didn't, I didn't realize there was a Twitter to it as well. On some Twitter on YouTube at least, so yeah, everyone else should make sure they do that. Oh yeah, no, definitely. And uh, again, this should be released on iTunes and uh, Android by the time we get this up. Thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you, Ben, for joining us. You guys should see Thank more of him. Me. And uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Alright, thanks everyone. Bye. 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 Remember to get on point. Get on point. I don't have the accent to make that kind of noise.